Uh, yeah, that was the best test we've ever done. We uh, should have been it's just so great. Oh, the harmonizing. Ah, oh, man. Uh, sorry, My guys, girl that. wants to party all the time, party all the time, party all the time. My girl wants... Oh, we're done. <laughs> I think that's good. Okay. You're listening to The Dollop. This is a bi-weekly American history podcast. Each week, I, Dave Anthony, read a story... From American history to my friend Gareth Reynolds, who has no idea what the topic is going to be about. Party all the time. Party all the time. God, you want to hit a dude? I'll do one bottle. <laughs> people say this is funny. Not Gary Gareth. Is Dave, okay. Someone or something is tickling people. Is it for fun? And this is not going to become the tickling podcast. Okay. <laughs> you are Queen Fakey of Made Up Town. All hail Queen Shit of Liesville. A bunch of religious virgins go to mingle and do what? Pray. Hi, Gary. No. Nicely done, my friend. No. No. <laughs> Um. Oh, that was you that sent me something. Yeah, I'm. Te- I want to. I like to text you when we're in the room together. It's yeah. No, yeah. it's good. My wife and I do that when we when you can do that when you have a kid and you don't want them to hear. Oh, that's to great. Text each other. Yeah, but then they learn to read. <laughs> well, that's that's your issue. I, that's why if I ever have kids, no reading. Right. No, nothing. Right. Very yeah. important. I, I'll teach I, I, them vowels. I re- highly recommend. They can they can learn to communicate through grunts and eye work. Think of Nell, one of Thank you. the most beloved characters of all time. Chicka pie, chicka pie. Yeah, just have just have three Nells. <laughs> Name an issue with that. Chicka pie, chicka pie. Uh huh. I think he wants another chicken pot pie. <laughs> Not sure. Right. Just shout it. <clears throat> I'm not going to shout it at 1873. <laughs> I'm sorry, Bubby. Well, it's not that you. It's that you can't. You can't draw attention to it right before I do it, baby. Come on, shout it. Come on, here. I'll pretend we're to be not, saying. We're not a baby. I'll pretend to be saying something, this isn't baby. A baby. I'll pretend to be saying something, baby. Not, this relationship isn't a baby. You know, actually, there's one more thing. I'll be making 1873. David, <laughs> from the top. You know, I'll be uh, doing a show 1873! At- we'll take it. <laughs> Businessman. Austin Corbin, an incredibly corrupt Wall Street man, was told by a doctor to move his ill son to Coney Island for the sea air. Okay. Okay. That's what, you know, they were like, well, your kid's sick. Go, put take, him near the sea. Put him near the water. Yeah. Give him the gull diet. Just put him on a beach. Give him fish heads. Oh, you know what? Uh, he's got uh, he's got a really bad condition called cancer. Put him near the water. Wait, he's not a seal. I have misread this chart is upside down. So, uh, Carbon took the advice and immediately saw uh, Coney Island as a great place for development. So he bought five hundred acres and started building. In eighteen seventy seven, came the Manhattan Beach Hotel, a hotel for the rich. Okay. It was uh, a bit away from the next resort to be built, the Brighton Beach Hotel, which was for the upper middle class. Okay. The rich did not go to this hotel because they thought Brighton was a bit too close to the filthy people, particularly the prostitutes at the Elephant Hotel and other undesirables of the Coney Island Beach area. The Elephant Hotel was where the whores were. Going to have sex with a prostitute became known as going to see the elephant. Oh, weird. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> that's just gross. Where are you going, Bobby? Gonna go fucking elephant. No, that's not the How same. do you say it? <laughs> hey, I'm gonna go bang an elephant. I'll see uh, you guys in a bit. Okay, that's not how we say it. What are we saying again? We're saying see the elephant. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go see the elephant. Oh, with my penis. No, Bobby. What? That's not how you say it. Uh, it's uh, the whole idea of saying see the elephant is so like our ladies don't know what we're talking about. Oh, you mean our elephant wives. I gotta go. All right. Bye, Todd. To get all these people to these resorts and hotels, railroads were built. The Brooklyn, Flatbush, and Coney Island Railroad was served the Brighton Hotel. Though the Brighton uh, Beach Hotel, it turns out, have built been built too close to the water. And after a couple years of erosion, it was near collapse. So it was lifted up on the top of rail cars. Oh, my God. And dragged by steam engines about 600 feet inland and then put down. That is a... I mean, this is... It has to be a pretty big building, right? Yeah. That is treacherous. It took three months to move it. It's real world Jenga. That... It took how long to move it? Three months. 600 feet? Yeah. Wow, what a! I can't even imagine what I'm, what it looked like. I mean, it's got to have been fucking insane. I mean, the balance. Oh boy. Oh god. Oh shit. I mean, just the guy who thought that up. I don't know. Maybe we should uh, put our rail cars and drag it across the uh, beach. All right. Um, you're not pitching anymore for the night, Tim. No, no. Trust me. I don't. Um, we're gonna put it on rail cars. And we're it, not. Drag it across the beach. It'll take a few months. It's gonna be fine. <laughs> So now all these railroads were funded by the hotel owners, and they saw it as a way. So we're just talking about rail lines, like through Brooklyn, like that's okay. But that's not, yeah, okay. And so H one has a different rail line to get to a hotel. Oh, okay. That's how it's working. That seems a little more chaotic. <laughs> so shuttle buses with track. Yep. The Brooklyn Flatbush uh, and Coney Island Railroad would serve the Brighton Hotel. Right? I said that already. Uh-huh. Um, and now all these railroads are funded by hotel owners. They saw it as a way to get people to their hotels, same as the original Los Angeles railroads were built to get people to housing developments. It's a good thing we didn't keep that up. No, You know what's funny is uh, they shed it. The guys, the guys, they were private. And the guys who so – the, so the Los Angeles railroads were built – to get people to new housing developments, to be like, it's not that far away. Right. Just jump on a train. But then once those housing developments were filled up, filled up they didn't really want to pay for it anymore, so they let them die. That's... The cities didn't do it. The, the idea that, the, that Detroit came in and bought up the railroads and tore them up is a lie. That's so crazy. I mean, it really is crazy when you live here and you're like, why is there... I mean, we're just oh my so God. jammed. I, I can't. It's fucking insane. Um, so... Uh, the third big developer, Andrew Culver, who had just built a railroad, a steam line from Prospect Park that went to Coney Island for thirty cents, thirty-five cents a ride. Okay, um, because these trains were all privately run and went to specific locations for different classes, right? So not only are they going to what? different locations, but that the trains, because the hotels are. Like, this one's for rich people. This one's for poor people. Right. So every train has a it's different just, class of persons. Right. right. Um, so they all serve as completely different types of people. Jose, what are you doing? <laughs> he's, is he going into my bag? Or? No, he's just... Oh, he's I just don't know using what he's, it oh, he's just having, Oh, he's going to eat it. Yeah. That's fine. 
Uh, and so this is how it went all over Brooklyn. The Sea Beach Palace Hotel was built, taking up several blocks, a racetrack for the wealthy, and the not-so-wealthy then popped up at Brighton, another at Manhattan. And as this expanded more, the breakdown of classes began. So now it, when they start building the racetracks, then everyone's getting on the same train. Right, which makes the hoity-toities uh, feel a little uptight. Yeah, they are right. trained. This yeah. is not what? Vagrant. Hey, they're humans on here. Yeah. Uh, there was the Sea Beach Line, the New York Railroad, the Manhattan Beach Railroad, on and on. But because they were all independently owned, problems cropped up. The New York and Manhattan trains were delayed as the two owners fought over the, s- the size of the track gauge. So they're, they're fighting over the size of how big the tracks will be, whether they're like a quarter inch or t- three quarter inch. Okay. Isn't that one just guy, like... One a- guy's <laughs> building his train for the three quarter inch and the other guy's building it for a quarter inch and that went on for it's hard to get on the same page with something like that though it really is uh one suggested a separate track but austin corbin who was president wouldn't allow it president of the railroad whatever sure they made uh agreements like one train company would let another share their terminal if they could use the other's maintenance area like it's just fucking chaos. I can't even really. It's it's insane. You can use uh, my stop at Fulton if I can use your uh, maintenance yard. It's just it's just getting really <laughs> incestuous with these train lines suddenly. Sometimes owners would not allow another train to cross their tracks. No. So so like if a guy is building his tra- train out to Coney Island, and another guy won't let him go across his tracks. Uh huh. So he has to find a way to get there. These are not cars. <laughs> like, uh, if, they, if you like, you have like two options, right? Yeah. Okay. So now you just have like trains that are like we can't go there anymore. Sorry. And and when they build it, they have to like get the right of way to be able to do it. So it's a fucking. At the beginning in 1877, these tracks were seasonal, only running uh, until September 1st. Corbin got all the trains to agree to a 30 cent price. Okay. Except the Sea Beach, which refused and stuck with 25 cents and then went bankrupt in 1881. Okay. So it was a good call. Yeah. There was also a huge fire at the Brighton Beach Terminal, uh, very suspicious origins on uh, July 1881. Uh, That also helped the Sea Beach Railroad go out of business. The months of operating uh, of the trains were expanded, uh, April to October. Soon they were going year-round. The first L train was built in 1881. Okay. That's exciting. That was a huge day. It was one mile long, uh, a Coney Island railway. There were no stops. Wait. It just wait. It just went to Coney Island? Yeah, it was one mile. <laughs> one mile L train, and you get on it one part, and you take it a mile. That driver was like, off. I'm ready to die. <laughs> Why? I go one mile... All day. Every day. Oh, we're not even close to... It would be torn down in 1990. Okay. Uh, an early m- a bicycle monorail was built. A was... bicycle monorail. So they just built a really high... Bike track? Yep. That's not a monorail. At least not in today's monorail standards. Yeah. Okay, good talk. You know, the 110 here... Is a bike track. From Well, from uh, downtown Los Angeles to Pasadena was originally a bike. It makes sense with those exits. Those exits are <laughs> totally fucking does. gnarly. 
It's like, you, like trap. yeah, you're on a freeway and then you're exiting and it's like 10 miles an hour, please. You're like, oh. I've seen some messed up. on, you have to have yeah. a fucking jet engine. Yeah. Because people, yeah, it's crazy. And getting on that freeway too. They just have that. It's like, insane. Good luck. Yeah. Um, in 1895, the sea beach had a major accident when one train was pushing another. So it's pushing an empty train. Like, sure. Get it somewhere. Right. But then that train r- rolled. So it's now it's a runaway train. Wait, it just let go of the other train in front well, of it that I, it was I pushing? I assume they, they didn't have it attached. Like they forgot to attach the tie. train they're pushing? Yeah. And then it rolled. Big away. error. And then it was a runaway train and it hit a full train. Jeez. Uh, at Woodland Lawn. Uh, two deaths, 55 injuries. Many lawsuits followed. And uh, the New York and uh, SB train company went bankrupt in 1896. Okay. <laughs> Every time a railroad went bankrupt, it would just reorganize and reopen. <clears throat> so someone else would just take it up? It's a big, well, we're getting sued, so we're out of business. And then, hey, we're, we're in business again. Now we're the Bobby Lee. Like, they just make up a new name and be like, what? Now we're these guys. Okay. But the same people? Uh, Yeah. Okay. So they, okay, right. In 1869, Alfred Beach started constructing the first subway under Broadway in Manhattan. Okay. He spent $350,000 of his own sweet cash. Uh Uh-huh. And in 58 days, he completed one tunnel... Eight feet in diameter. Okay. And 312 feet long. It's pretty good. It was about a block. That's a good start. There was just one car on the train. All right. People would line up to ride it. They would pay to ride back and forth one block. This I don't get. He sold 400,000 rides in the first year. Makes no sense to me. (laughs) Completely lost now. Had me going for a while. I was in. Now what? He must... Uh, the, I mean, again, it's just like, these are ideas that just wouldn't work today. You just wouldn't... Like, a, a, you know, nobody would be like... a huge line. Yeah, for 400,000 people. I mean, it's a train. Everybody, hold on. Here we go. God. Okay, that's it. I figure we can get there by 7.45. And then We're a block away. That's right. And then the guy gets out and bat- and walks around the other side. Oh you know, boy! When they turn a train around, they you know they have an engine on each side. That he yeah. gets out, walks around, gets to the other side. Hey, uh, back where I was, please. <laughs> Everybody, if you want to enjoy this, uh, you can turn around in the seats and face the other way. You know, there was definitely like some weirdos who were like, "All I do is go back and forth. <laughs> it's the greatest." Oh my god! I've been. Have you been on the subway? I've been on like ninety times. Yeah, I, I take that to go bang an elephant. Is it what? I sleep with elephants in this hotel. Yeah, but it doesn't go to a hotel. It just goes a block. I know, but then I get off, and then I go, to, and then I go get off in an elephant at a hotel. Okay. I sleep with them. You don't know any of the sayings. Yeah, yeah. I sleep with the elephants in a hotel. Okay. I'm getting on this train. Okay. Unfortunately, Beach couldn't get permission to expand the tunnel right away. <laughs> People's minds are already too blown, sir. Now... When did he start it? Uh, so four years later, he got permission. But by then, everyone was just over the tunnel train. <laughs> yeah. And then there was a stock market crash, and the subway was shut down. Okay. The one-block subway was over. Well, tough. How did people get a block back then? It was hard. Yeah. Electric trains came in the 1900s, uh, as the 1900s approached, but subways uh, were becoming a thing by then. 
Train companies were combining as they found it difficult to operate privately and just one train, uh, you know, going somewhere. So obviously it's not great if you have to, if you can only take a train to one place. Right. So, so they're now combining their efforts to make trains go a few places. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, the city of uh, New York decided to push uh, for uh, uh, a subway, a rapid underground transit for the future. They thought that was the way to go. But clearly none of these already struggling train companies were going to do it, so the government would have to fund it. So the, the, the street trains hate the underground trains? No, they don't hate each other, okay. but they're just, they're just a fucking mess. Okay. And, uh, and they're not making money like they thought they would. Right. And they're all going bankrupt. Because it's probably probably pretty fucking costly to run a train for a mile, right? And uh, and and so the city, but the city sees it like, oh, this like the subways are going to be the way to go. Right. So they decide that's what they're going to fund. Now in Brooklyn, the Brooklyn Rapid Transit Company, the BRT, was gobbling up all the private struggling trains and turning it into one company. The the above ground train, the street train, anything street, anything. Yeah. Okay, right. Um, by 1900, every train in Brooklyn would be BRT. Now, the BRT was very successful, so successful that its New York Stock Exchange symbol was just B. Okay. That's fucking hot shit. Yeah. I mean, most that means you, you, yeah. Yeah, we, yeah, we're just going to be that letter. Yeah, that's bold. That's like a one-named artist. That's right. It's like Prince with the symbol. Right. Yes. Uh, time went by, though, and even the mighty BRT began to have troubles. A 1918 contract didn't help things. Uh, it was passed by the city, and it forced the railroad companies to allow passengers to transfer without paying a fare at all intersections, regardless if it was between different rail companies. So you could get pay. You could, there could be a guy who pays, and then he gets to an intersection and he hops on a different. Company's train. And he takes that one for free. Right. And they don't make money. <laughs> yeah. And the city's probably like, I don't all even know. Back then, but, that must have just been the easiest thing to con your way into. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, so they also guaranteed a five-cent fare anywhere on the rails. So now you can, you can travel. like Anywhere for five cents, like, and you can go anywhere after other train companies for free. Yeah. This doesn't seem like this is going to work well. Well, it's great for the riders. Great for the riders, which tells me that it's bad for the business. Uh, yeah, it was a shit show for the companies. Then in the summer of 1918, the BRT came up against a new union. This is like Lyft v. Uber. <laughs> totally is. The Brotherhood of Locomotive Engineers was threatening a strike because 15 of their fellow workers had been fired for wearing union pins. Okay. <laughs> right, so, so let's just straight up say the BRT has made a really fucking stupid decision. It sounds like a number of bad ones. But just you just don't fire guys for wearing fucking union pants. Yeah, no. This shit's going to come back at you. Yeah. So uh, the union also said workers were being beaten up and intimidated. In some cases, railroad thugs would surround workers' houses. They don't We're gonna these, beat up your home. They don't want these guys to go union, so they're fucking. You're gonna go union, motherfucker! Hey, Jimmy! Like, Hit his house. Break his house's kneecaps. In the face. Um, 
Which is cool. So clearly the company's being fucking mellow about everything. Yeah. But I always, I always like with if we never, if we didn't have these liaisons, if we didn't have the the people who carry out the bullshit, yeah, like how much stronger every everyone would be. Yeah, it's like the people. Obviously, people want evil shit. It's when people succumb to that. Anyways, um, hi. The union said if the BRT had the money to pay guys to follow. Surround their houses and beat them up, then they should have the money to pay the fired workers. Wait a minute. Hold on now. Now, hold on. I think he's being really smart. Uh, so they had a strike on more, uh, they almost had a strike on more than one occasion in the summer of 1918. They voted unanimously for one in August, but negotiations still continued. The BRT started to not believe the union would strike, so they called the union's bluff. I'm just gonna say that the BRT is making every wrong decision. So, but they did they they so they went on strike. Yeah, and by this time, 29 men had lost their jobs wearing union pins, and the union said rehire them or we walk. BRT said no. Then rich men around town who need, needed the rails to be you know functioning for various reasons called on Mayor Highland to stop the strike. Highland was a populist who had been in office for a year. His nickname was Red Mike. Okay. He had red Beca- hair. Okay, I wasn't red, sure. Red, big old red mustache. All right. Uh, when he he'd been a judge in Bushwick, at which time he rewrote the const- had the Constitution amended to create a job for a judge in Brooklyn, which he then took. He created an, a constitutional amendment for the judge. It must have been for the the city's amendment or the uh-huh. constitutional amendment. Right. But he created. Yeah, he had it amended so that there also be- Charlie can be a judge. Also, no, he was just like, hey, can we create a position for a judge in Brooklyn? I think we need another one just to uh, lessen my load. And they're like, sure, we can do that. And he goes, okay, I'm going to be the judge of Brooklyn. Wait a minute. <clears throat> oh, he did it. For- oh, okay. He had the job created, and then he took that job. Right. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> That's gold. It's fucking great. <laughs> All right, who are you thinking of hiring? Me! <laughs> uh, when he ran for mayor, he ran on uh, having the city take over and run the utilities. So that was... Uh-huh. That was, this, this reminds me of back when, when the promises you make were like when you run for high school president. Yeah, right. I'm going to have vending machines put in a cafeteria! No more school! But many saw... Uh, the mayor, as a puppet of Randolph Hearst, and a dumb one at that. He was known for using very short words. I think they called him, like, one-syllable mayor or something. <laughs> so he's like, a, he's like a Goodfellas character? Yeah, basically. One-syllable mayor? Oh! Okay, bye. <laughs> the one-syllable mayor's here. How's he going to give a speech? So, yeah. Okay. There we go. <laughs> you get me. How do you say one syllable? It's, it's hard. so hard. It's hard. I am mm. on mm. it. Okay. <laughs> Late. Late. <laughs> he did give. Uh, he did give her city jobs. Uh, spent a lot of time at their Palm Beach house, and once a photographer caught. Uh, the mayor and Hearst hanging out together, dressed as cowboys at a dude ranch. Whoa, whoa, okay. I mean, that just, is very—that's super incriminating. Just the best. That's super incriminating. Hey, you want to be cowboys? Of course. <laughs> Not an idiot. I will come with you on your cowboy trip. Yes. 
I thought you'd never say cowboy trip. You're so that you're so you're very tight with someone if you're like yeah. Oh. You don't. You don't say. You, you can't be an acquaintance of someone. No. Go dress up like a cowboy. No. You're like I'm yeah. willing to do. I'm willing to die with you. <laughs> Let's go be cowboys for a week and a half. Uh, obviously, uh, Highland's backing of Hearst didn't really jive with his populist image and speeches against big business. Quote, the real menace of our republic, the little coterie of powerful international bankers, which virtually run the United States government for their own selfish purposes. Yeah. Glad that went away. (laughs) But he did feel the BRT and its contract with the city favored the company too much. The mayor was also a member of of the local train engineers union. He had worked as one while putting himself through law school. He had been fired uh, then for taking a curve too fast in a Brooklyn L train. He said it was not true. So, okay, I, did, I mean that it's it is a really. I mean it's a it's just so different to think of conductors actually having to judge speed and stuff. Right. Like, there is such a human factor to oh, that. Oh, totally. <clears throat> uh, so, Highland spoke to BRT President Timothy Williams on the night before the strike was set to kick off. Quote, I regard this as a serious situation and one of such public important importance that it should be brought to your personal attention. I wish to vigorously protest against the action of your company in disregarding the decree of the federal authorities. I don't know what the federal authorities. Uh, I don't remember what they said, but they must have been like, "Get, don't, don't strike." No, work it out. Please be cool. Uh, Williams wasn't. No happy. more pins. That's right. Well, they, uh, excuse me, government man, but they were wearing pins. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't realize they were wearing. You've got pins. to shut it down. Obviously. The men were wearing pins. Too much expression, to say the least. Williams wasn't having. By the way, my the, wife died at the pin. Can we just say the fucking. So in, in 1918, when things aren't that great, but the fucking badassness of knowing guys are getting fired for wearing a pin and putting that fucking pin on, let's just yeah. put that out there. Well, I, th- we have completely lost the sense of uh, we can... Community we, we, the, Yeah, we have the numbers, yeah. you know? There is no we have the numbers. Yeah. You're right. Uh, it's coming back. Oh, yeah, it's going to be great. Um, Williams uh, was not having it. Quote, you, I believe, are still a member of that organization, and I have no doubt that you will advise them not to be foolish as to call a strike. So he <clears throat> he's still an idiot. The BRT is still <laughs> yeah. really stupid. Yeah. So the next day, uh, November 1st, 1918, the engineers went on strike to get their fellow engineers jobs back. The union asked for everyone in a union working for the BRT to join them. Instead of shutting down the trains, the BRT decided to try to keep them going. Okay. To do this... <laughs> he's really having a field day there, man. Yeah, he's really loving he's like, bag. Just, he can't believe what's happening. He's all wrapped up in Dave's bag backpack right now. Jose's yeah. just like... He's, he's honestly holding... One of his paws looks like he's riding the subway. Like his paw is oh, like is. up on the bag. I totally did. Oh, he moved, he moved, he moved. Oh, punk. Yeah. He'll be back. Okay, I'll, I'll keep the camera ready. Do it again. Subway. Do your subway thing. So they're going to keep the trains running yeah. with everyone striking. Right. With right. all the guys who drive the trains. So they're just kind of like a poker player who goes all in no matter what their hand is. Yeah. Right. Okay. So 
they would have to take office workers and others who had not driven a train and have them drive trains. But <clears throat> not what? Mm, uh, now I'm I'm starting to see the seeds. What the seeds of what? The the plant you're growing. <laughs> <laughs> so they this is uh, never good. No, it's such a fucking rich guy it, who hasn't lived in the world who runs a company making decisions like anybody can it's just what like it takes uh, any kind of fucking expertise to drive a train just get someone to fucking drive it and it's just the idea that like you can't you you i mean you just you need as much money as possible and right. if workers like want rights that's too much it's too much like when what just happened with the fast food industry is so i mean it's just going to be so crazy yeah the idea that they're like, nah, $15, they like made it a thing for like four years while they were just working on robots. That'd be like, and what do you want on your burger? Well, that's my favorite thing is they're like, oh, so they, they got their $15 and that, so now we're going to bring in robots. Yeah. You're like, hey, fuck it. You yeah. would have brought in robots if they were making I know. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, uh, no. No, it's because they're making 15 No, no. Otherwise, we would have never done robots. We would have paid them 7 Such fucking idiots. Yeah. Um, so, uh,. <clears throat> Right, so after the first day, 23-year-old Edward Luciano heard officials talking about the lack of motormen and said, quote, so he's in the office or whatever. Uh-huh. He hears some guys talking about how there's, they don't have enough guys driving trains. Right. And he says, uh, I'll take a train out. You hear that? What in the fuck is that noise? Sounds like a horny elk. I think someone was squeezing a cat. That was insane. Jose is like, oh, that's a cat. Oh, that's a cat in heat, dude. Jose, it's time to do your business, buddy. Jose, are you fixed? Jose, you fancy meeting an elephant? How's your boner, dude? All right. That, now you're crossing a line for me. <clears throat> okay. Okay, so, <laughs> I mean. It's, it's ignore the cat no porno. Way that you can't hear that. Where is that? So. So Edward says he'll take the train out, right? Okay, wait, sorry. <laughs> Just because a cat was getting strangled. Right, so there's, there's guys at the office talking about... Oh, right, okay. Right, right, and then, right. and then Edward's like, I'll take the train right. out. So he's a dispatcher. He's a tall, dark, and had a, quote, pronounced Roman nose. That's what they said so in the paper. Does that mean just a big nose? I think they're talking about a big Italian hunker. Okay, okay, okay. Which is weird. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, I, but he did, does he? Did, did, were Romans known as having big noses? Like, I what mean, is that, what is that reference to? Uh, I think well, I I don't know, but I mean, I kind of like picture. Uh, yeah, it seems a little. It's a bit of a reach. Yeah, but now he does he have any involvement in trains? Well, he's a dispatcher. He but but moved, prior to this, <clears throat> he had moved trains in the yard. But okay, never on the tracks with passengers. So. He like moved him slowly around the yard, right? But he would never well, think about what the yard is compared to driving a train. Different. <laughs> uh, an instructor gave him two hours of training. Oh, I didn't realize he had two hours of training. Yeah, so he's okay. Fine. Yeah, and then sent him on his way. For being a scab, Edward was being given a twenty dollar bonus, and when the strike was over, he was promised a raise. Okay. Oh, and uh, this wasn't the next day. This was literally right after he said, I'll take a train out. Oh, okay. So this – so, okay. So he got off an eight-hour shift or whatever their shift was, 
back then. Right. Um, he took two hours of instruction and then took over a passenger train. So he's alert and ready to do so this. He's ten hours into a day. And ready to do this. Oh, and he just gotten over the flu. Right. So he's, re- he's ready to go. Oh, and his daughter had just died of the flu. So he's in a good headspace. He's healthy. He's had some rest. He's so experienced. He's ready to go. He had insomnia because of that. Yeah. So he's not sleeping. He's just pulled a 10-hour shift. He's going to pull another shift, but it's after two hours of training, and he has a background in trains. So he's weak, tired, and grieving. The usual good space. The usual requirements. Good space for uh, uh, being a motorman. Are you really sad? Sixty hours minimum of training. Right, but he had, you know, two and tired. Yeah. So you know what? My grieving and tiredness can make up for all the training. Well, he's got a point. Wait, I'm going to stab my eyes. Hey, then we'll go. All right, cool. The train was going to Brighton Beach along a route. Edward knew absolutely nothing about, including the names of the stops. Uh, uh, <clears throat> so there's more than one. S- there's more there's, than now. There's a bunch of stops. There's on. options yeah, for trains to stop at. So and he doesn't know. There's no idea where they are. Right. Okay. The train was crammed with people headed home at rush hour, and by the time he left, it was dark at six forty-two p.m. And he's at night. I, I guess I didn't fully piece that together yet. Nighttime. Darkness. Edward Luciano wasn't doing so well. He oh overshot most of the stops he came to in downtown. He'd stop too far away and then have to back up the train so the doors would be at the platform. Okay. But, he, but then he just kept speeding to make up the time because he started 10 minutes late and he kept backing up. Oh, gosh. Although some said he might not have completely understood how to operate the brakes. Uh, that's not a good fact to hear. So back then, they, were, they still might. They used compressed air brakes. So he would have to slow it down by reducing air pressure, um, then move the brake shoes into contact with the wheels. So it's like a, it's like a multi, it's not just like hitting brakes. Yeah. Do a, slow down and then brake at the right time. Release the air, then do right. the fucking thing. Right. <clears throat> um, because the trains were going so fast and were so heavy, it turns out it takes a long time to stop a train. But the, how, how is that not involved in the two hours of training? I, I'm well, what, what more key part is there than okay. how to break properly? So number one, I think the guy doing the training maybe uh, have some empathy for the strikers. Okay, I'm good. And number two, I don't know if they went out, like how much they, he might have just driven around the yard. Like we don't know what the training was. I mean, it has the word train in it. I mean, yeah, Ugh. it does. So uh, <laughs> you have a look on your face. It's just a little troubling. So uh, one passenger said everything, everyone on the train was being tossed sideways because of all the abrupt braking. <laughs> <clears throat> you mean the bones. When, when he was at the Fulton stop, Edward didn't light the two white markers he was supposed to because, you know, he's a dispatcher, not a uh, train. He didn't light the two white markers. He's supposed to throw a light on his train. Uh Uh-huh. So the guy, the tower guy can see see which way he's going and move the tracks. Oh, okay. Direction. Right. Oh, God. So he doesn't do that. And then uh, then he drives the train away and now it's going... Don't. The wrong direction. No, no. <laughs> and he and he went for a whole block before he realized that he was going the wrong way. Okay. So at that point, he got out 
He he uh, on the wrong track. He's on the wrong track, he, and he got out. He gets out of the train of the train, and he walked to the engine on the other side of the train. You know, like we said before, this is an engine on the other end. In case you want to, when you when you get to the end of the thing, you have to get in that one to drive it the other way. Right. So he switches ends. So he switches ends, and then he backed up the train a whole block. Okay. And then he went back to the original engine and put it and put it on the correct put on the lights and put on the correct tracks and then kept going okay and super fast because he's way behind the schedule. okay <laughs> uh, you really be pulling at my heartstrings here anthony at the next stop passengers got off the train because quote yeah. they were so scared yeah <laughs> i'm done no I guess it was something about the terrible jerking of the brakes, pushing uh-huh. actual tracks and speeding that freaked them out. Sure. One writer said, quote, I never rode that fast on a Brighton Beach train before. <laughs> it's like he's being polite. <clears throat> I don't know what's going on. Uh-huh. Uh, the next stop, Edward missed uh, the stop by <laughs> okay, the entire so the, car the, length. So this is it's going awfully. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> okay. It's horrible. Right. Everybody on this train has gotten a very huge red flag to get off this train. Uh, he has to make announcements, too, the covering up of that. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, just, uh, just be one moment. You will see me switching to the other end of the train. Uh, nothing to worry about, folks. We're just a little bit behind schedule, but we're hopefully going to be right on track in one minute. Sweet mother of God. Give back this bitch up. All right. Does anybody know how to flip a U-turn? All right, ladies and gentlemen, as you can see, we're a little past the stop, so I'm going to ask people to bear with me while I reverse the train slowly. And those of you headed a little further down the way to Brighton Beach, well, don't worry, we will be speeding at an exorbitant rate. So he's clearly ha- has an issue with the brakes, right? <laughs> no, he has an issue with the train. <laughs> So then he kept going. He blew through the Prospect Park station. Who's on this train still? Who is like, you know, I think he's going to write the ship. I got a good feeling that this kid's going to pull it out. I've See, I used to uh, – I, I had a girlfriend live where we get off of the Prospect station uh, for a while. That's a fucking deep – you're deep underground. Right. Yeah. Um, and, then they, and then after the Prospect Park station, it starts going down a steep grade. George Nordstrom, a passenger, said, quote, we're going to hit that wall for sure. Oh, God. Wall? And then they hit that wall. Oh, shit. At Malbourne, Malbone Street, at a curve that was known as Dead Man's Curve. To, Where did it get the, the name? To the motorman. I don't know. Oh. Engineers were supposed to go very slow at this curve. Another thing, no one had told a tired, weak, and grieving Luciano. So... When he hit the curve, he was doing 30. Okay. At least that's what Edward said. A naval officer on the train said he thought they were going about 70 miles an hour. Okay, there's a little bit of a difference. The first passenger car flew off the tracks before the tunnel entrance and hit a partition between two sections of rail. The train went totally off the tracks. Completely off the tracks. Okay. It then fell perpendicular to the rest of the cars which plowed into and over it it was split in half what was left of the passengers in the first car was all over the tracks along with the wood and steel the crash was heard miles away so there this is very bad no one in that first car is they're not people anymore right 
The next two cars also came off the tracks, slid on the rails, and the left sides were ripped off by pillars along with parts of the people inside. Oh, my God. Others flew out and hit the pillars. Others were between the cars when they met the wall in front of them. Some ended up under the wheels. Those inside were met by parts of disintegrating train car. Small fire started. People in the two rear cars were just bruised and cut. Now they were all in a dark tunnel, so everyone starts screaming and wailing in pain. Others just tried to find a way out in the dark for a while. So that's the other thing. Like, there's no fucking... Awful. It's just a tunnel. There's Awful. No, there's no emergency lights. No. It's, it's 1918. Yeah. You're in a dark tunnel, and your shit's all fucked up. Yeah. And at this point, no one really probably knows... How bad this is. How bad it is. Yeah. So up on the street, a crowd starts to gather, uh, along with ambulances, as they figured it out. They watched a single man come out of the tunnel, a businessman, uh, without well, almost all of his clothes are gone. And he staggered forward. New York Times, quote, his coat and trousers ripped from him. <clears throat> he had only one shoe and was without a hat, collar, and tie. It, it, real quick, it, the obsession with hats is insane. To point out that this man who just was in an enormous train crash, among all the things that have just happened, that he did not have a hat on. It's that was a big, it's just so insane. But it's a it's he didn't even have a hat on. Yeah, but if you're hatless, you, you could tell he was serious. He didn't have a hat on. If you're hatless, you're either dying or like on your way to get a hat. You're a terrible person if you're yeah. hatless yeah. or something terrible has happened. Yes. Sir, are you just being rude, or was there an accident? Hey, buddy, why aren't you wearing a hat? I almost died in a train crash. All right. Thanks. All right, that, that works. I still think it's inappropriate. I agree. <laughs> hey, somebody help. Can somebody please give me a hat? Guys, hats downstairs. Now we need a bunch of hats. Bring them in. Move them, move them, move them. Come on, get hats on them. Get hats on them. You're going to be okay, buddy. We got a hat coming your way. Oh. <coughs> I don't know if I'm going to make it, sir. Hold on, buddy. Hold on. We're going to get a hat for you in one second. Hey, hey here's a bowler. Hey, here's a bowler, man. Ah. Ah. Hey, hey, miss. Yes? I know. I know he died, but he died with a hat on. Oh, uh, oh, good. He died with a hat on. I've lost my owl hat. Oh, my I had an owl eating a pineapple on my hat. Anybody who hasn't listened to that episode is like, what's happening? My neck really hurts. <laughs> oh, yeah. If you haven't heard of what people used to do, what is that one called? It's absolute madness. Oh, this is a Mad Hatter one. It's, it's <laughs> like women used to wear like nature exhibits on their head. That was a guy who killed somebody, I think. Oh, jeez. Right? Isn't, isn't that about the guy who killed? Uh, well, now I'm lost. Remember. Well, yeah, because he was a mad. He was he went crazy from the mercury and from making the hats. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> See, what I take away is that uh, owls were on hats. Right. Um. Okay, so this dude runs out no hat. New York Times. So, uh, so that guy comes out. The crowd parts, and he got into an ambulance. Um. Oh, he was. His face was bleeding from many gashes, and his left arm was useless, dangling from the shoulder. Ugh. Um, the ones who survived were able to walk f- and followed the moonlight to get out. G- fun situation. Some of them, we don't need to put lights down there. People can use moonlight as sun or whatever. <laughs> It'll be fine. Some of them tried to help others in the cars ahead, but the first three cars' impact was so intense 
that the cars were, quote, packed so tightly that no crevice or opening was left. So they just... So they are, like, melded together? completely disintegrated and then, like, formed, like, a a train dam in the tunnel. Like, what? Uh, No, that's just crazy. And then people who are trapped on the other side of the train are just fucked. Oh, people... Right. Oh, my God. Some people are, you know, tossed out, right? Yeah. It took about 45 minutes for the police and fire departments to organize a rescue. Because you can imagine. Yeah. I mean, there's not a great... Um, people complain about about 911 now not getting there in time, but... Yeah. This, this yeah. was a whole different... <laughs> 45 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> no, they're, they're coming. Yeah. If it's over an hour, it's free. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all the trains were stopped, and word passed through Brooklyn what had happened, so everyone waiting in houses for their family members to return thought they could be one of the dead. Oh, boy. Hundreds and hundreds of people were put on the list of the missing. Oh, boy. So by the time the firemen and police got there, the crowd was so huge that they had a hard time getting through it to reach the tunnel. What? what, what? <laughs> it- were they just too polite? I mean, it seems like you just go, move! Well, I think at some point, a crowd is so big that there's, there is nowhere to move. Well, that's when that's when I come in. What does that mean? I'm a bruiser. Break the crowd up. Okay. Part them like Moses. I feel like that's not needed right now. I think I'm helping. Okay. Doctors and nurses from all over Brooklyn were requested to come to the subway tunnel. Priests were sent into the tunnel to give last rites. So they started pulling bodies out in burlap sacks. <clears throat> the wounded were taken to nearby Ebbets Field, where doctors set up a makeshift hospital. Okay. Unfortunately, it was the fall of 1918, so the Spanish flu was raging, and the morgue was already packed. They put the bodies into a laundry room. <clears throat> I, don't, I am not going to wash these! Uh, that is just... That is awful. They... It must have been so hard to do laundry. Oh, ugh. you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, let's talk about the laundry. That no, yeah, you think, yeah, you think the TV has something boring on it. Imagine when there are bodies stacked around you. That poor, yeah. that poor, the poor person in there. Hey, are all these sleeping guys waiting for their clothes? Am I washing these clothes? What am I doing? pretty torn. This guy doesn't have a hat. Neither does this guy. What a faux pas. They must be mortified. 85 dead were pulled out that night. Wow. And over the next few weeks, more would die, bringing the total to 102. Edward was fine. He just walked away. I mean, he was in total shock, and he ran away and went home. Wait. <laughs> that, I mean, no matter how tired you are, you stick around. Just run away? I wasn't here. No one will know. They'll know. Yeah. I mean, what's your plan? No one knows I was driving this train. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what, like, I hope what? they don't find me. Uh, I'll just say it wasn't me. Yep. Do, 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 do. Uh, he said he did not remember going home or how he got home, but he vaguely remembered being on a trolley. Now, that I could totally get. I'm number not buying one, it. Number one, that could happen just if you're grieving. I'm not buying it. I am. Well, I think he's in total shock. And I think that he probably got clocked some. And but I he think, ran home. I, I How does think, he know where home is? I know, but you can go on autopilot and still your your brain your brain knows totally yeah. fucking yeah. like disassociated. Police came and arrested him at one a.m. 
They said he sister just probably wants a nap at this point. And they said he was, quote, very nervous and on the verge of a collapse. Okay. He was asked by reporters why he took a job he was unfit for, and Edward replied, A man has to earn a living. Mm. And nobody killed him. Maybe a little more sympathy would be nice. But the truth is, he is, you know, responsible. He's but, a fucking scab. But it's also, you got it like, it is the, the company. It's, it's the company. It's the company. It's the company, but also, fuck this guy. For at sure. The, at the end of the For fucking sure. day. But we're talking about a strike. symptom of the disease. Yeah, a symptom yeah. of the disease. Uh, absolutely. But when you when you bring in, when you when there's guys who are equipped to do a job and you replace them last minute yeah. with guys who are not equipped to do a job, no matter what the job is, yeah. the job's not going to get done as well. No. That's just how it works. Yeah. Um, at the police station, he was questioned by the mayor, the district attorney, and the police commissioner. Oh, boy. So this is a different time. And Batman. This is... <laughs> After this, you're going to talk to the janitor. So, uh... Bobby the vegetable cut guy. How you doing? I sell a lot of different carrots. I got uh, some questions for you. What the fuck were you doing? I don't know. I don't want to answer any more questions. You need some celery? Yes. Um, uh, Mayor Highland went to the wreckage that night and said, quote, I believe this is the result of employing an inexperienced motorman and the use... Of all wooden cars. I shall make an investigation tomorrow and see if the BRT cannot be compelled to stop using green motormen. People in the city have been complaining about the BRT using old wooden cars for a while. They were considered like people yeah. thought there would be fire traps also, like that they would yeah. catch on fire. No, it's it's kind of insane. The mayor or yeah, it is insane, right? A fucking wooden It just doesn't I, I well I wasn't thinking wood until just now. Right, you never thought wood. No. Now, these things are fucking made out of wood. Makes a little more sense with this catastrophic accident. Yeah, so think about wood in a train accident. The splintering and the fucking... Not good. It's just like everybody was impaled. It's like a wrecking ball hitting a cabin. It was like a... It's like you're you're not going to fight physics with wood. (laughs) You brought wood to a physics fight. Hey, this thing's crashing. Grab onto some wood. (laughs) We'll be fine. Go, 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 go. Uh, the mayor ordered a policeman to be placed at every train terminal and to stop any green motorman. At least three months experience. So, the, so were that you, so the 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 company was wasn't like let's end the strike. They were like, no. The strike. <laughs> this feels on, like a deal breaker. The strike went on for two years. Oh my god! Because that feel like that. I, I think in this day and age, one maybe one benefit of our time is that that would that would probably change. I don't think so. Oh, God damn it! I'll, I'll tell you why at the end. Oh, good. Um, a happy ending. Uh, now, after a couple of days, the shock of, of shock, the city became angry and demanded someone pay for what had happened. The mayor went after everyone. He accused the public service commission, who is in charge of oversight of public works like utilities and railroads of negligence. He accused them publicly and they responded by releasing letters. The mayor had written when he was a judge asking the BRT for jobs for his friends. Oh boy. Okay. So it's just a fucking, that's incriminating. That's, it's not, but it's not, it, one doesn't have anything to do with the other. No, but it's still, but it makes you look bad. Yeah. But at the same time, it, do, it doesn't make, no, but it's no, not it's good. No, it's not the same thing. Yeah. Hey, you didn't oversee this. Really? You asked for jobs. Okay. I don't... What? <laughs> People are dead. Okay, job asker. <laughs> like... Yeah. 
The the commission also accused the mayor of failing to act to have the wooden cars replaced with steel ones. Which seems like it's like they're just fucking throwing shit on the wall to seeing what else. Because that is that his job? I mean, it might have been, but at the same time, that's their job. Yeah, I I, I mean, it, it's very like it is such a mirror to today in so many ways. But yeah, you like <laughs> it's it's that's what you do now. You don't go on the defensive. You go, you go on the, the offensive. Yeah. yeah, this is a great example of that. And they and and so and so everyone was b- blaming the wooden cars for how bad it was. Right. So it worked. Yeah. Right. Um, uh, and the passengers who survived and who'd been in the train said the wooden cars were a major part of it. Yeah. They were a major part of the negligent man crashing. Uh, it worked. No charges were brought against the Public Service Commission. Charges of criminal negligence were brought against the president, vice president, chief engineer of the BRT, and the chief engineer and superintendent of the Southern Division. Edward was also uh, also had charges brought against him, but they really wanted the heads of the BRT. The trial was sensational. Uh, Luciano's trial. Uh, on the stand, he said, quote, uh, he was dazed that night and have been dizzy ever since, even at home. I don't know what I am saying sometimes. So he's got a fucking gnarly concussion. Like, that's what you hear right. hockey and football players. Right, say, yeah. That kind of shit. Um, also, grief does that. So it's a fucking combo. He's got right. a double combo. Uh, he cried on the stand and said he had tried to apply two sets of brakes, but they didn't work. An investigation, however, revealed no mechanical problems. Uh, who did the investigation? Uh, you know, I don't reputable? Remember, but, yeah, it was reputable. I recall yeah. that it was reputable. So there was nothing wrong with it. But so he, he also did- didn't know how to fucking do it. Yeah, but he's probably he's just... not a train guy. Yeah, but that's the argument's not going to work as well as I tried to hit the brakes twice. His attorney asked the jury... To they shouldn't it- have let me be stupid there. You guys put me in there. I'm dumb. The that's brakes your didn't fault. work. Yeah. His attorney asked the jury to let him walk and not to, quote, cast the sins of the company, if there are, are any, upon that boy. And the jury did. After five hours, he was acquitted. Okay. For the others, uh, a train being, for the others on trial, a train being driven at 23 miles per hour was driven with defense attorneys and transit experts on the curb at 23 miles per hour. It was fine. The engineer said it would make the turn at 30, no problem. The judge dismissed, so they each tried separately. The judge dismissed the case against William Menden, the chief engineer. Quote, I think that no man reasonably could have expected prior to this accident to exercise the foresight which would have resulted in the installation of the time element signal control device in connection with the track stripper. It's I don't there's fully a to- they're they're acting like they didn't put a completely inexperienced So that is man. what it is. They're acting like it's all a mechanical shit. Right. And like they didn't put a fucking right. crazy rube in the Driver's seat. Right. And that's, yeah. Vice President Jack Dempsey got off when the jury deadlocked 5 4 and 7 against. On and on, one by one, they were found guilty, uh, not guilty by the jury. Even Division Superintendent Thomas Blewett was found innocent. <laughs> oh, I'm just filled with joy. <laughs> Mr. Blewett? Yeah. Did you see this coming? Uh, yeah. Do you make a lot of mistakes? Yeah, yeah. I'm prone to um, I'm prone to blowing it. 
Uh, I, I'm really, every time I get an opportunity, you know, someone looks at me, they're like, blew it! You blew it! Blew it. Thomas blew it? Blew it. What happened? Tom blew it. <laughs> On trial? Please stand up, Mr. Thomas Blewett. Guilty! Jerry! Jerry! You can't... We have to hear the... Say it. Make him... Say his name again. Thomas Blewett. Guilty! Achoo! Achoo! It's fucking amazing. Blewett. I mean, when I was researching this, I I stopped and I walked around the room. Let me ask you this. What happened to Timmy Didden? (laughs) Was he acquitted? I don't know. What about Frank Shirley Culpable? What about uh, Johnny Fucked Up Again? Yeah. <laughs> Is this really how you say it? Fucked Up Again? Yeah, it's Welsh. Thomas <laughs> 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 <Thomas> Blewett. <laughs> Mr. Blewett? No, this isn't going to go well. <laughs> He's like a Mr. Men character. Oh, fuck. <laughs> it's the best name ever. <laughs> Um, he uh, he was found four. He was found innocent four hour, after four hours of jury deliberation. Okay. Blewett believed to be uh, the one who was most at fault. <laughs> Duh! As he was the one who made the decision to put uh, Edward in the driver's seat. So he blew it. So he blew it. He did blow it. <laughs> you blew it. <laughs> uh, Your Honor, can I just say uh, I blew it. Welcome back to I Blew It. (laughs) Blew It. That is like such like a sick, like, that is like what a sitcom character's name would be if he was like down on his luck, you know? It would be like, on an all new Blew It. Well, I play Tom Blew It, who is a guy who just keeps fumbling his life. You know what I mean? I play Tom Blew It. So they're all found innocent. Good. The mayor took a hit in public opinion, many believing he had not done enough to stop the strike. The BL, uh, the BLT, uh, this is funny. So, I, you know, I would put in BRT and every single time auto. You mean BLT? BLT. <laughs> Wait, you want a sandwich? And its little head, it's just like, this guy loves that sandwich. <laughs> the BRT took advantage uh, by making the case that the striking engineers were obviously putting people in danger. Of course. Quote, the writing public of Brooklyn will view this new phase of the strike with anxiety because of the results in operating trains with inexperienced men. But – sorry, someone else said that. But uh, that's what the union said. But but so so this is what I was saying about what you said before is that that's not what would happen. It wouldn't end end a strike. They would – What would happen is the two sides would blame each other. The – and the PR machine of America would get behind the company and they'd be like, or at they least, should have gone on strike. That's why people are dying. Or at least the media would report the fact that the strike was a bad thing. Like, yeah, you know, like they'd right. said it. So now we got to talk about it. They would blame the strike instead of the insane idea that this all happened because they fired guys who were wearing yeah, pins. Right. So basically, 100 people are dead because some guy put on pins. Right. Yeah. Um, so uh, negotiations between the union and the BRT went on for years, and the strike was ugly. At one strike demonstration, strikers threw rocks at a train and accidentally killed a 17-year-old passenger, Frederick Friedman. Four union members who were fa- uh, who 
were then arrested and were told they were facing the death penalty, pled guilty to manslaughter, and were sentenced to 8 to 20 years. Wow. So how do you the, guy, the guys, guys who threw rocks at a train got 8 to 20 years, and the guys responsible for killing 102 people who were part of a large corporation um, well, how, uh, they got, got nothing. A, what did they get again? Oh, nothing. That's right. Nothing. There were also many bomb threats, and dynamite was put uh, in a bathroom at the Fulton Street stop. Okay. A cop just happened to walk into the bathroom and found a lit stick of dynamite. Hey, what did this guy eat? In- <laughs> oh, boy. Hey, I don't know what this guy ate, but it ain't oh, agreeing with man, him. Man, sulfur. I don't know why he's Rodney Dangerfield. Hey, uh, what did this guy eat? Uh, he snuffed it out with his fingers. Oh man, that is. He got really burned too. Yeah, that is buff. That's that's a yeah, nice that's move. A yeah. Um, the strike was finally resolved in 1920 when the rail company agreed to the union demands. After all that, they finally were like, "Okay, yeah, that's cool." Sorry. But the crash led to many safety improvements. Train companies decided to look at and improve their safety technology. Train time signals were changed to ensure trains were going at correct speeds. Uh, a dead man switch was created, which stopped trains when the motorman takes his hand or foot off the controls. Okay. They stopped a train in 1927 when a motorman was found unconscious on the floor with a cut over his eye and a fractured skull. He had no idea what had happened, but it was believed he stuck his head out of the cab to oh. look. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Imagine having to learn that you did something that stupid. Wait, what? Do you, what is your theory? Uh, well... Uh, Fred, we believe that what happened was you put your head out the train to see what was going on and uh, hit it very badly, thus causing the memory loss of your stupid decision. Oh, by the way, my name's not Fred. Yeah. It's Tom. Okay. Tom blew it. No! <laughs> um, two other trains have been saved by the dead man switch in 1940 and 2010 when a motorman died from a heart attack. So it led to tons of... Lots of death. I mean, that, that's the one thing that you used to be able to say about this country was that if something really bad happened, then safety regulations would be put in place. Right. Now they just get reversed. Mayor Heinland lost... I think it's going to work out, though. Yeah, it's fine. Mayor Heinland lost uh, an election in 1925. He is not looked upon uh, historically as a good mayor, just a puppet of Hearst. The BRT declared bankruptcy two months after the crash... So they did that. They, while all that strike was going on, they were doing the fucking reorganization, refinancing, right. fucking shit. It was taken out of receivership and renamed the Brooklyn Manhattan Transit Corporation, the BMT. The old name. <laughs> they just want to be BLT so bad. Uh, that uh, a big reason for that is because the BRT name was associated with death. Right. Yeah, the M will help. Yeah, they're the AIG of. <clears throat> the city eventually bought the BMT. Malbone Boulevard also did not survive. It was changed to Empire Boulevard in 1924 and was taken off maps. There's now just one block of Malbone Boulevard left. Wow. Only subway work trains now ride around Dead Man's Curve. Edward Luciano went into real estate and moved to Long Island. Wow. Quite a little turnaround. Yeah. Did he use that? Did he and, use it? His- uh, as you can this, as you can see, they have uh, some tiling here. Uh, in the, uh, <laughs> they have tile. They have tiles here in the. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, you. 
And uh, you could just wash the blood off. Sorry, wash the blood off the tiles? Oh, the tiles. There's blood on these tiles? And uh, there's the wooden floors. Yeah? The, the bones won't get stuck in there. Sorry, the bones won't get stuck in the wooden floors. Anyway, it's about tw- it's about a $12,000 house. Well. If you're interested, I'm going to go... I'm going to go sit in this corner. Okay. I, we, are, we are very interested. Uh, yeah. Obviously. Yeah. We love everything we've heard. It's so dark. Uh, again, you're just, you're selling someone who's already in. You're, you're a very shrewd real estate agent. I, I hear screams. Okay. Uh, now, do both bathrooms have baths? Yeah. Okay. What? What is where they put the bodies? Okay, we're 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 closed. Let's close it up. Let's let's ratchet this one up. Let's sign the deal. I uh, I love what I'm hearing. Honey, you love it. It's got bone floors and bloody tiles. I always think about what the world was like back then because they had no idea what PTSD was. Oh God! And everybody on the train had <laughs> well, PTSD. That's, I was talking to someone the other day about like, you know, the um, like how easy it is to get Adderall. How everyone takes like at like how prescribing kids Adderall is just, you know, such a normalized thing now. And yeah. I was like, you know, the truth is they used to cut their brain cords. So uh, <laughs> I guess we have made a little bit of progress. You know, like ADHD used to be diagnosed with, well, let's just snip your brain in half. <laughs> it's like, all right, maybe maybe we've had baby steps along the way. Uh, so, but yeah, no, it is. I mean, you know, it really is. It's like... We we live, and I, I think it's... I, the other day I saw this article that was like, Finland creating Emoji Street. And I was like, you know, oh. it'd be just great if like that was like huge news here, yeah. that we like had Emoji Avenue. But it, it really is true that like the, you know, the amount... The amount of money you have to make as a corporation, it's just, it's, oh, no, it's, it's inhuman. So you can't... It doesn't end well. It doesn't end well. I mean, I don't know where it ends, but you can't, we just can't... No, it's, it's, it's the definition of unsustainable. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, well, you know... And this is a, you know... This and is that is a good things. example. This is a good example of, of, you know, a lot of people hate unions, and that's, and I can understand that. Like, unions have, unions have um, at some points, fucked up their power, but... For the most part, the reason that our middle class is now forty nine percent of the population is because unions have gone away. And for the for so. the most part, anytime a company is like, you know, anytime a union is fired up, it's normally for something fairly legitimate. Yeah. Companies try to like walk all over the people that work for them, yes. and when people get together and they strike. That you know, nobody wants to fucking strike and always be on the side of. I mean, you know, go in with the attitude, like go in with the innocent until proven guilty attitude of the workers are right yeah. for them probably, and then figure it out. Because for the most part, the you know, it's it's the company that just wants money. You can't feed a cor- a corporation isn't a human. It just wants money, and that and there's no limit to the money no limit and so it leads to and every quarter you have to grow every quarter you have to grow so if every quarter you have to grow that just will stop at some point yeah and you know and you've yeah there's no there's also no long-term thinking because of the stock market so there's no it's always a quarter to quarter as opposed to grow this company that's why apple did well under steve jobs because he was always looking down the road right. and making it a profitable company for many years. Whereas right. most companies, a guy comes in, 
gets a huge package and he's just looking to make the quarter good and he destroys the company in the future. It's just well, a fucked up system. You can also with Apple what is amazing is how you can tell like they're they're finally out of like Steve Jobs ideas. Like they oh, just probably would like in the oh. last in the last like 16 Jesus. months they ran out of the Jobs stuff. They're fucking a train. Now they're just like What about a different color? Yeah. We're making the Apple Apple. Oh my god. <laughs> We are out. We are out of ideas. Hey, guys. Apple shoes. Oh, gosh. Apple wife. Apple pillow. Apple pie. Oh, gosh. Oh, boy. Uh, all right. Uh, all right. Um, I, I, yeah. I'll sign your car. Okay. He'll sign your car. No, your car. What? I want to sign your car. I don't want, I don't I'm want signing that. your car. I don't want that. Sign your car. Oh, hey there, everybody. It's Gareth, you know, from this uh, this podcast. Uh, listen, I've got some stand-up shows I'm inviting the Garmy, the Gareth Army, to join me for. I will be in Fort Collins, Colorado, August 18th and August 19th. I will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, August 24th through August 26th at Acme. I will be going to the UK in September. Please join me. I will be in Glasgow, September 13th, London, September 15th, Dublin, September 17th, and September 19th, Manchester, Birmingham, September 20th, Bristol, September 22nd, and Cardiff, September 24th. And then in November, I'll be in Australia. November 10th, almost sold out, I think. I'll be in Melbourne, Australia. Then I will be in Northbridge, Australia on November 15th. Adelaide, November 16th. Canberra, November 17th. Brisbane, November 18th. And then I will be in uh, Sydney on November 24th. Go to GarethReynolds.com for tickets. Garmy, let's get at it after it. Let's see you there. Hey there, people listening to The Dollop. Uh, this is Gareth. Yes, this same guy. I Listen, I have a new podcast called We're Here to Help that I'm doing with my friend Jake Johnson. It's basically a call and advice show where we don't say that we're professionals because we aren't, but we try to help people with problems that are important to them. You can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts, and it is out right now. So go listen to We're Here to Help with Jake and Gareth. We're here to help with Gareth and Jake. I don't remember how we did it, but either way, fun half hour comes out Tuesday, August 22nd, and the episodes will be out every Tuesday and Friday. We're here to help 